Welcome to Regan's Corner. I have a special guest today, Nate the Thrill Snyder from Louisiana University, the Raging Cajuns, former Indiana kicker. So, Nate, what's good? Just hanging out. It's kind of practice. It's hot. It's hot down here today. It's raining now, so it's kind of cooling down. But trying to stop sweating. I'm still sweating from practice a little bit. <laughs> I bet it's hot. I bet it's hot down there. It's still hot in your home state. Yeah, I heard from... it was 91 there today, I heard. It was – I always look at heat index, and uh, it's 106 here today, heat index. So it's up there. Nice, 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 nice. So let's talk about some Central Grove action, okay? So how did you get into field goal kicking? Shoot, I, I was more of a, a lot of people think it comes from a soccer background, which it, it did a little bit, but I was more of a football player growing up. Um, I started playing band and football at Center Grove in third grade. Uh, you know, played running back, played linebacker, corner. I played everywhere. I played every position, obviously, as a band player. They coaches like to let you try what you want to do. And so I had played soccer since I was four years old. And then uh, going into middle school, I was like, uh, toward more toward the end of middle school, I was like, hey, I like football a lot more than soccer. I'd rather not play soccer and, um, you know, play football. But because of my soccer background, they'd always need a kicker. So I would be the guy who would just have me kick a ball as far as I could on kickoffs. And then I think it was about fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade is when <laughs> I started. they let me start trying to kick PAT field goals uh, in games because they were worth two points. They were like a two-point conversion. Um, and Bantam. So it was a huge advantage if you had a kid that could do that. And I think it was just one day, my dad was like, hey, let's try kicking field goals. And I could do it. So then I could do it in the game. And from there, it was just something like, okay, I'm the kicker, and I would try to do another position. And then leading into high school, my freshman year, I actually played receiver. Uh, I was on the freshman team, because we were a huge high school, so we had uh, varsity, maybe, freshman team. So my freshman year was on the freshman team, and I was our one receiver on the freshman team coach of the team. He's like, hey, I want you to focus on kicking. He's like, you're more of an athlete as a kicker, and if you get hurt as a receiver and we don't have a kicker, it's going to hurt the team. He's like, we got great receivers. We're not really worried about that. I want you to start kicking. So it was from that point on is when I really started taking kicking serious. For sure, for sure. So how, what was your three schools? As far as? Like offers and stuff like that. Uh, out of high school? Yeah, high school. Yeah. I had a few. I had, uh, I had like, Army, Iowa State. Uh, shoot, I don't even remember. I had, like, six or seven. Um, the thing with that was I, I committed to go to Army West Point out of high school. I signed with them on signing day. Uh, the, the acceptance process is a real process there. And so I was getting that done as fast as I could. And then um, – the only thing I had pending was a uh, medical exam for my eyes, which we had submitted it all, and they had they had looked it all over, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you should be fine, and you can go ahead and sign with us if you want." Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a guy that's in charge of admissions and they help you get admitted and stuff. And so I was like, "Okay, I'll be good." Well, I commit there. A couple months go by, and then I get a call from the Department of Defense. They're like, "Hey, we examined your medical profile, and you're disqualified because your eyes are too bad." I was like, what? So then at that point, I went from having like six or seven offers, whatever 
it was to zero because it was half signing day. All those other schools that found other kickers. And then uh, the coaches at West Point, they felt really bad about it. So they had to name any school in the country. Uh, we'll call and we'll get you a walk on spot anywhere you want. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll let you know. I was kind of like down on it. But I wrote an article about it. And Coach Wilson heard out about it, had heard about what happened. And he reached out and said, hey, you know, we don't have a scholarship for you, but if you want to come down here and walk on, you know, we'd love to have you. So at that point, I told Army, hey, I'm going to go to Indiana. I would love to go to Indiana. A green school of mine anyway. Uh, you know, not quite to walk on, but hey, you know, it's a lot of people starting with that. Um, I got family down in Bloomington, so I knew I'd be fine. And, um, that's kind of how all that played itself out. Okay. Okay. So. What was your first impression when you're a walk-on on Bloomington's campus? Oh, man, it was, it was different than I thought it was going to be, obviously. Uh, you think, oh, college football. Like, it was like my dream since I was little. I was like, oh, if I play college football, I can die happy. Like, I'll be good. And you get there, and you're, as a walk-on, you're not in the – and it depends on the program. It depends on the coach, too. Coach, different coaches, different stays. I went in with Coach Wilson, um, so things are a little different now. But uh, – they put you in a locker room that, that is like smaller than a high school locker room. It's, it's a visiting locker room. So it's hold opposite side of the stadium. You've got a broken locker that, it, you know, can't hang your helmet up in it. And it's like, you know, your clothes aren't as nice as everybody else's. And it's just, you got no respect. And it's like, you're the bottom of the barrel. And it's like, whoa. And that's what really tests you. Do you love football or do you love the idea of playing football? Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was a wake up for me it was it was difficult it was tough and it was you know you're you're on the bottom of the list there so you if you have any type like let's say you have bad grades you're gonna get cut let's say you know you got an attitude you're gonna get cut you're like right there you've got to slip up one time you get cut so you you gotta really you gotta be on your a game if you're coming in as a walk-on and, and that's that's one thing that long term has helped me but that's one thing i figured out real quick for sure no days off especially with your academics. So what was the mindset of yours when you're coming in with academics and balancing with college football? Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. That, that's, that's, uh, I, I've had great academic success throughout college, but my one thing that I'm still kicking myself for is that I did not know what I wanted to do when I came in. And, you know, that's not, you know, it's not my fault. I just didn't know. I wasn't, I didn't think about it enough. I come out of high school, really. I was so focused on football and just love football that I didn't think about other things, I guess. So I came in kind of like unsure of a degree path. I was undecided in my major. Um, and I just, I just didn't know. So I spent, I'd, I'd already had a year of college done through getting college credits in high school. So I, I, I didn't have my entry level classes to figure it out. So the advisors are like, hey, you need to pick a, you know, degree class and you need to figure it out. And so I'd always wanted to be, you know, I thought I was going to West Point and I was going to serve in the Army and that was going to be my career and go in and do stuff with that. So then I was like, okay, well, being on like a SWAT team would be cool or being like, you know, working for the FBI or something like that. that that's kind of what interested me at that time. So I was like, I'll do a criminal justice degree, kind of do a pre-law track. So if I want to go to law school, I could because they've got a great law school in Indiana. And their justice degree feeds right into their law program. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, you know, with that degree, you also study sociology. So by chance, because of the classes I took, I was like a class of two minor. So um, 
I went ahead and did that. I got a criminal justice degree in three years with a sociology minor. And then from there, I, my, I had matured a little bit and kind of figured out, like, oh, I don't know if I want to do the whole, like, SWAT team, FBI thing. But, you know, kind of interests me, but I don't know. Um, I'm more into, at this point in time, maybe like a construction industry or some type of like a management job somewhere. So then it was safety management. I loved it being like an OSHA guy. Uh, there was a, my grandma's got a friend that does that and he loves it. He says it's awesome. He actually the one that kind of got me to start thinking about it. So then they got a great safety program at Indiana through the School of Public Health. So I got a master's in science in safety management through the School of Public Health. Yeah, so it, it was it was a lot of just figuring out what I wanted to do. And it's still, you know, I'm I've, I'm now almost done with my MBA here at Louisiana Finance. And I'm still, you know, I got I've I've closed it down, but some days I want to do sales, some days I want to do the safety stuff. So it's just figuring figuring it out, you know. Right, and plus you got that three letter that you're chasing as well um, as the either a field goal kicker at, or as a punter. Uh, so let's talk about the, uh, how it felt to have the, uh, announcement, uh, that you were a scholarship player at Indiana. Yeah, that was awesome. That was super unexpected. It was, uh, it's, it's really kind of funny how it worked out. I was, we took a bus up to Lippy Soil, uh, practice from Bloomington, long bus ride. And I was kind of looking at okay, how am I going to pay for school this year? And I had a, I filled out my FAFSA, so I had a financial aid offer. Uh, it was like one of the loan deals. And I had it pulled up on my phone on the bus. And it was just as we were getting into Indianapolis, I was like looking through all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I got to the page where I could accept or decline it. And I was going to accept it, but we had pulled under the stadium of the soil and the phone service wasn't working. So I was like, all right, I'll just do it after practice. And then I go out and I'm just practicing, warming up like normal. Uh, didn't think anything weird, you know, I was sitting there thinking, okay, I got to play this year because I was so focused on competing and winning the job. But getting a scholarship wasn't even like a thought of mine. I was like, I need to at first go in and play, have a really good year and then have really good grades. And I got to go in and I got to talk to these coaches and get, you know, I got to get, I got to convince them. So I, I thought so far down the road, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. So to me, I was just worried about how to practice and was just focused on that. And, uh, I had kicked off so good all summer, all fall camp. I had not put a single ball out of bounds. And then actually I put kickoff, one of my practice kickoff out of bounds. And uh, they were like, it, I could tell then something was weird because the coaches were kind of like, oh, just hit an onside kick. And I was like, what is going on? And that's because they didn't want to, they didn't want to have me kick the ball off out of bounds for my first time all summer, all fall, my first bad rep. And then them announce it, they were going to be bummed, so they wanted me to get another rep in. And then, so the, the Pat actually came on, I thought, oh, he's just an Indiana guy, like, you know, Ball State versus IU, you know, he's going to love that. And I thought he was just talking to the team. I was like, oh, that's cool, Pat Mack. And then he says my name. I was like, all right, like, I'm not the only guy around that he has talked to. Like, this is kind of weird. And then one of the kickers comes up to me uh, right in the middle of it and starts hugging me going, congratulations. And I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what he was talking about. I was trying to listen to the video. So I was just like, what is going on? And then uh, everyone kind of swore me. And that's when I kind of like – you know, things kind of, I don't really remember what happened there, but I figured it out at some point and it was just awesome. Just everyone getting around me. 
Okay, okay. I must have been a heck of a announcement knowing Pat McAfee in the show and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it was beast. cool. That would be the one guy if I could choose anybody to announce. That would definitely be him. So it was actually Coach Hart set that up. Uh, they were former teammates. Um, Coach Hart played with the Colts for a little bit. So Coach Hart set that up, which I'm really thankful for. Uh, but he knew me well. Um, I would always hit pop kicks to the returners, which he oversaw that. So I, I talked to him every day. But he set that up for me. He's the one that reached out to Pat. And, you know, Pat agreed to do it. So, yeah. For sure. But, I mean, the leg from Central Grove. You can't get any much better than that. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Okay, so the hard decision to leave Indiana to Louisiana. What was some of the factors going into that? Uh, just like we said earlier when we were talking, just, uh, you know, Coach Allen, was a, he's got a big special teams background. He was a coordinator at Ole Miss. Uh, he had a really good kicker there, Gary Wunderlich. Um, and Ole Miss was really good at the time when Coach Allen was a coordinator there. So their kicker was kicking off a lot and kicking a lot of field goals. And so he had overkicked is what Coach Allen called it. And, you know, he's, he's probably right. I, I agree with him. Uh, and he got hurt, which really affected their special teams. And, and so he had a philosophy going forward that one guy kicks off, one guy kicks field goals, and one guy punts. And that's to save legs, um, the kicker's legs. And it, it's smart. It's, a, it's, a, it's his policy. There's, you know, there's no arguing it. There's no convincing him to think other ways. Uh, he's a professional at what he does. And I knew that. And uh, I didn't even disagree with it, but I just knew that there were programs where I could kick off and kick field goals. And I wanted a shot um, to do both because I had been going around to camps and uh, had been competing with top division one kickers and NFL guys. And I was winning some of these camps and I was competing with them when I wasn't winning. And so I knew if I could get some film kicking field goals, I'd have a shot. And it was a deal where I didn't want to regret not going out and kicking field goals. Um, when I'm older, I didn't want to look back on it and say, man, what if I would have went and kicked field goals, could I have done that? I, I didn't want to sit back and regret anything. So it was very difficult because I loved Indiana. I loved my time there. I did not want to leave by any means. Uh, and there was no ill will. There was, you know, mm -hmm. I still have great relationships with a lot of the coaches. They've reached out and texted me. Uh, they've congratulated me when I've done good things. They've picked me up when I've missed some kicks. So. I still have a great relationship with everybody there, and it was very hard to leave, especially I have a lot of family from Bloomington that live in Bloomington. And in moving down here, my closest family member or friend from before I moved here, you know, they're 700, 800 miles away. So it was, it was a tough decision, but it was a, it was a, I was afraid of regretting not doing it is what it was. You were afraid of not getting that moment. You are afraid that even though you have a scholarship at your dream school, you may get passed by because right. at most you'd be a you'd be a punter. Right. Nothing against it. Uh, but who was some of the people that you kind of looked and kind of me tried mirroring their games after, like punting wise or kicking wise? Well, to me, it was uh, they even when I was recruited here the the guy that brought me in said that he was looks for a guy that the, the team's going to like. He doesn't look for your average kicker. So to me, I didn't really mirror. I, I mirrored my 
form off of, you know, real explosive guys, guys that could jump through the ball. But I didn't mirror, like, my competitiveness or how I, I would go into practice based off of any kicker. It, it was more, you know, Pat McAfee a little bit. He had a swagger, and he kind of kept it light, kept it funny. But it was more people, uh, you know. I Growing up, I liked Conor McGregor. I thought, you know, he was – a competitor I thought you know even though he kind of acts like a fool sometimes and you know you could roll your eyes at that and you know that's mm-hmm. not the way to be a lot of times you, I could respect that he would put that work in and he was the best so it was a thing where you know if you get to where you're kicking off out of the back of the end zone you can you know you can do what you want you can act how you want to act you can do what you want to you know whatever you want to do you can do because if you're, you get to that level to where no one can compete with you, it does, nothing else matters. And so that's kind of was my motivation. That was my thought. You know, hey, I gotta, I gotta bust my tail now because that's gonna allow me to, you know, have some freedom down the road. So that, it was more of a, I, I could see that and that. And then with the kicking, it was more of like a Pat McAfee how he would keep it loose, keep it light, and uh, you know, got along with his teammates. He wasn't like real introverted. He was an extrovert, that kind of thing. Okay. So you're kind of open, kind of loose, but at the same time, when it was on, the game was on, you had that Mamba mentality to kind of get yeah. into. I definitely always took it serious. That was never a question from anybody. I was very serious about it, but it was a, yeah, it was a thing I like to keep it loose and kind of, you know, yeah, I could okay. help all my teammates. It wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't weird, you know what I mean? I wasn't like over off in the corner i like to be around out with the team like weightlifting i was you know i was trying to beat out linebackers and tight ends and even some linemen on their numbers and that was a area where my teammates i, I really got some respect for my teammates in the weight room because we had such a good program at center grove and we had such good strength staff over my time at Indiana, mm-hmm. Louisiana. I, I got really really strong and was throwing up crazy numbers and that you know that gets respect from your teammates so that helped me a lot there Okay, so what's kind of the mechanics for kicking, especially since you're going like 64 in practice? Yeah, the, my biggest thing is just making sure I'm not crunching, which means you're bringing your head over your chest, basically. You're not – when you hit the ball, you're not crunching. My, you just want a proud chest, and you want to keep your eye – say your chin tucked, so you want your chin tucked to your shoulder, and you want to look at with your eyes down the ball, keep your chest up. That's my biggest thing right now. Um but starting out, you just basically you don't want to swing across your body too much. It starts with that. You want to you want to hit the ball with the right part of your foot, which is, you know it's not your toe. Um, it's a it's the it's kind of more the side of your foot. So you start there, and then it's all right. Don't swing across too much, and then it's you know you got to worry about this off arm. So if you're right footed, your left arm because that's going to bring your chest up. And everything's connected. So. By dropping my head, it's going to put my foot in a bad spot. So make me swing across my body. So it's basically you just kind of get to where you'll have, like me, my, like I said, my biggest thing is if I focus on not crunching and keeping my chest up, then everything else is going to fall into the line. Okay. So let's talk about when you stepped on the Raisin Cajun. <sighs> Different world. Absolutely different world than us here in Indiana. So what was it like stepping on that campus for the first time? Uh, it was different. It's like a, 
when people ask me about it, because people still ask me about what it's like down here, it, it's it's almost like a different country. Just the culture is totally different. The music's different. The way people dance in the locker room's different. There, it is like totally different. I mean, even the trees look different down here. It is like when I'm driving down, I'm driving through Mississippi, and for whatever reason, the color where they pave the roads that was different. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a little different. And then you want to add in at how mm-hmm. hot it is down here and the humidity. It's like undescribable to people that have not experienced it. It is just, it, it's just, it's a different type of heat. Um, but no, it's just, like I said, everything is different. It's, uh, it was unexpected, but it's cool. It's a great experience. It's, uh, it's taught me a lot. Cause I lived, like I said, in Bloom, I lived in Greenwood, Indiana, went to Center Grove, and then I went to move down to Bloomington where I had family and friends. So this is my first time really getting able to, or being able to come down here and kind of figure myself out, be by myself and kind of figure out like on my own, like how I work when no one else is around me. You know what I mean? I've never had yeah. experience before. Uh, so that mixed in with it being a totally different environment. Yeah, it was, it was a lot at first when I first got down here. For sure. So what are you studying down there? I'm getting an MBA in finance. Okay. In finance. You're pretty well-rounded then. Criminal Sorry. justice. Jeez Louise. The leg, again, degrees for days. Yeah, trying to be. I need to get a good job. Okay, so. What was it like with the battle when you first went down there and practice, got two days. What was the battle like for a kicking job down in Louisiana? Uh, well, we hadn't had the COVID-19 back, or that whole thing was going on. It was the height of it. Uh, and that, that's right, like when I was transferred in, it was right at the height of that. There's so many unknowns. And I'm very schedule oriented. When I train, I like to, you know, if it's on my own schedule, I can do this, 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 and this. And I like to know what I'm doing. I like to have my week planned. So with the way things were, there was none of that. Everything changed on an hourly basis. It was just chaotic and it was hard on me. And then you want to add in that the strength program was completely different. Uh, the way the way that they lifted and the lifts that they did were completely different. Um, I didn't really have any like friends down here when I first got down here. Um, wasn't used to the heat. Just first time being by myself. And it, it was difficult, but it was more off the field. I was, when I got down here, I had been working out on my own for, you know, since March. So, you know, three, four months. And I'm, I've been doing this long enough now that I, I know what works for me and what doesn't. So my leg was so unbelievably strong. That's when I was posting videos on social media. I was hitting like 70. Every time I'd be mm-hmm. kick, I was hitting a 70 yard field goal. It didn't matter on the weather. It didn't matter if it was windy. If it wasn't windy, I, I could hit a 70 yard field goal every time I got a kick. And I even went back to 77 one day. And my leg was so strong when I got down here uh, that any of my issues were just off the field, just kind of getting used to being away from what I'm used to and just figuring things out down here. So the the on the field stuff took care of itself because I, you know, worked my tail off and I knew my abilities and they were showing up. I was kicking really, really well uh, when I got down here. So it was more of a mental thing on my end. I said I had to take care of myself, you know. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, for absolutely. How about that game winner against Georgia Southern after you won the job and this and that? Yeah, it was uh, uh, 
you know, to me it was I owed it to my coaches and teammates because I had uh, missed a couple kicks previously in the season. I had a real slow start. Uh, you know, you could say that there's this factor, this factor that contributed to that. I just I don't even look at that. I just you know, that's it was a slow start. Shouldn't have been missed chip shot field goals. That should have been 100 percent for the season, really. So I was I was disappointed in myself, but it was mm-hmm. I was I was more disappointed in the fact that. Uh, you know, there's coaches that stuck their neck out to bring me in. There were high expectations of me. And the fact that I am a very good kicker and I would go weeks at a time not missing kicks. And it, and it wasn't like I was nervous and I was freaking out. It's just, it was just this, I just missed the kick and I did it again. And it was just like, what the heck? So going out there and making that kick was, it was a, uh, you know, I felt like I owed it to a lot of people. So it, it was a relief. I mean, hey. Nate, we all make mistakes. See, yeah. I made a mistake with the graphic just now. I put Zach Snyder instead of Nate. Oh, really? But, yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. I it's mean, as long as you get those game winners and then you don't miss too many kicks in the season, you're all good. That's right. Okay, so what's the training like this year with – being kind of creeping back up to like the variant and stuff like that uh it's you know um there's a heavy emphasis to get vaccinated uh it's it's everyone's very uh precautious about everything very all the measures we're taking are preventative measures um we're everybody's more experienced because we had gone through it once before with you know last Mm -hmm. year so we kind of know what to expect so we're staying ahead of the curve um but the training, man, it's 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 a lot. It's these guys out here compete. They are they're just dogs. They just they love to train. They don't care how hot it is outside. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't care how many reps we're doing. They're just every single time they're gonna compete with each other. They just love getting after it. So it's intense. You cannot you can't take a rep off because it's gonna show. If you take a single rep off, you're you're gonna look bad. So it's it's every rep. It's these the guys. They just love it down here. They're just they're dogs. For sure, for sure. Sounds like it. I bet you they're excited of the twelve-team playoff. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a little bit about that. It's all—all all that stuff's crazy going on on Twitter right now. I can't even keep up with it, to be honest. For sure, it gives you guys, the small mid majors and stuff like that, a absolute chance into that dance, the college football dance. Personally, I would like to see 64, honestly. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because it just feels like you got the same five teams every year that has a chance. Yeah. To me, my personal opinion, four is not enough. I I do think it needs to be expanded. For sure. Absolutely. So, how? who's your biggest opponent this year? As far as – as far as like biggest audience, biggest that it'd be Texas, our first game of the year. Um, Texas. Biggest as far as what's on the line, it's going to be like a probably a Georgia Southern or a App State because you know if you lose against App State, they're in the other division on the other side, so that's going to be a home field advantage thing if they get the mm-hmm. we do. But if we lose to Georgia Southern. We won't, and they went out. We won't even get a shot at getting the championship game. So, bigger, the biggest implications would be Georgia Southern. 
the biggest game as far as hype and, uh, you know, audience and craziness, that's, that's Texas. Okay, okay. Do you guys think you can pull the upset against Texas? Because they're a little bit down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think we I think we could. Yeah, we went in last year to the Iowa State. You know, they were very highly regarded even before the season. Their quarterback was a you know Heisman talks before the season, and uh, our team they just got after them. But they were by the end of the game, you could tell that Iowa State did not want to be out there anymore because our team just wore them down, and it you know. I, I think this team, just, like I said, they're, the guys on the team are just dogs. They're just going to go, and they're going to go, and they're going to go. And mm-hmm. team, other teams can't do that. They don't have the fight that these guys do. So, yeah, if you can wear if you can wear a team down, you, we can compete with anybody. Okay, okay. I like the answer. I like it. We got dogs there in the region cage. They are. That's the best way to describe it. They're, this, they're savages. They, they are just – they're awesome. They're competitors. Okay, so – is there going to be any celebration when you kick a game winner against Texas? Are you going to hook them down? Or are you going to hook them down? Apparently, we're not allowed to do that anymore. But I don't know. Something like that might have to. <laughs> might have to. I, yeah, I don't understand that whole thing about they saying it's going to be a penalty in the Big 12 or something. And it's like, I don't know. But, yeah, there would definitely be a celebration. It has to be. I mean, after the stink, Texas and Oklahoma get up. I bet you that rule is thrown out of the window. I would think so. For sure. So what is your thoughts on them joining the SEC? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it. That's just not an area like, you know, I can mm-hmm. I can talk on because I, I don't I haven't read about it. I don't I'm not educated enough on it to even give a true opinion. Um, I would think that they see a benefit in themselves, like for themselves, somewhere in doing that. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. the Big Twelve is a very respected conference. I don't, I don't think the Big Twelve is a bad conference. It's, uh, you know, I, I think that the higher ups at those universities, they they see a benefit for them somewhere. But I, I haven't read enough about it to even really know how much, the form of an educated opinion. So I, I really, I'm not real sure about all that. Okay, so how do you feel about? having the opportunity to get paid as a student athlete. Oh, I think it's awesome. I think it's long overdue. Uh, I'm bummed that it's happening at the end of my career because, you know, it, it's for those young guys and the guys coming in, they got real potential to not only make some money, but learn really good things that they can carry into their careers. They can learn sales. They can learn marketing themselves, building their brand, stuff that, is very useful and stuff that I wish I could have done. Like my buddies have been calling me, asking me about it. And it's like, yeah, cause I, I always wanted to do a YouTube channel thing. Like the destroying kicker guy. Like I had thoughts of that before he was even a big name. Cause I, I like going out and kicking and I would take videos just to make film of myself and watch and get better. But I would like to make little highlight videos every time I went out and kicked and post them so coaches could see. And it, it's, you know, stuff like that. When the destroying kid, he got pretty popular, and then he had to quit playing football because of the whole name, image, and likeness deal. So it's like, to me, it's like, ah, oh, what's the point of even start putting all this effort into something when I would have to quit playing football? And to me, I would have rather played football than make any amount of money on YouTube at the time. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's great. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of cases like that. Noah Beck uh, from Portland. 
uh, soccer team, stuff like that. He was all worldly, I guess, as a uh, soccer player. Uh, but it gives – I don't know why they didn't do it sooner, honestly. It just makes more sense than just finding somebody if they're going to sign an autograph or whatever. Yeah, I was talking to a guy from France yesterday. Um on the phone and he's he was talking to me about that and he said yeah in my country you know the soccer's real big so you'll have u17 u18 players that are these big time national players getting paid anywhere from hundreds of thousands to even millions of dollars he goes and i came over here and you guys train the same way they do you guys have even better facilities than their soccer clubs have you guys are you know you guys are full-time athletes and then i find out you guys aren't getting paid anything you're not even allowed to profit or help yourself out he's like i couldn't believe that so he had similar views and when he said that it, it kind of put in perspective yeah you want to look outside of the united states yeah he's right there's you know there's club kids that play club soccer that are making all kinds of money and they're younger or the same age as us so yeah for sure absolutely um but whew, sounds like you have qu quite a thing going on but why have you ever thought about marketing? I like marketing. Uh, it's actually why I am doing the MBA because I, I had a marketing class last semester. The MBA kind of it entails all business. So if I wanted mm -hmm. to do marketing, the MBA would help me get a job in that. Um, I did finance. I have a buddy that I went to high school with. He actually he punted. He was the punter at my high school. And he came to Indiana University with me. He held, he was my holder when I was a kicker in high school. And he came to Indiana University, was my holder there. So we played ball together since Bantam all the way through college. Um, but he's like a, he just, he was graduate of Kelly School Business. He got an MBA and now he's working out in New York. He's got a big time job. He loves it. And so I kind of talked to him. I was like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's all my options. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, do the finance track. That's what people are going to look for because you can get any type of job with a finance degree. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. I, he gave me the advice on that. His name is Drew Conrad. Uh, yeah, he, that's why I did the finance emphasis. But I do like marketing. And I was looking at some uh, internships I could do remotely, and a couple of them were marketing. Okay. At least you got a solid backup plan with financial market wall street kind of stuff um but i think i think your leg looking at your youtube videos we'll we'll see it as as a pro pretty soon that'd be cool that would be that would be and then ooh, get a little call from your old buddy pat mcafee again yeah oh yeah so, so where did that start where did that friendship start Shoot. I mean, I was a Pat Ackley fan forever. A lot of people, you know, his whole story with the canal. That's like, uh, that's kind of where he got his. That's the first time he got put in the limelight, really. I mean, he was the punter, obviously. He's very talented. He's all decade punter. So, you know, he was in the spotlight before that. That was like, oh, this guy's funny. You know, he's swimming in the canal. Like, that's funny. And um, to me, especially the age I was in, I didn't really care about that. I was like, oh, whatever. But it was more what he would do in the community and how he was just so about Indianapolis and was so – you could just tell he's a good guy. And he was real charismatic. He would do interviews on the news, and he was just funny. And I was like, oh, I love this guy. He's awesome. And then uh, 
in high school, I tweeted something at him one time. He tweeted me back, and that was, like, the coolest thing. And uh, it got to where he had tweeted me back three, four, or five times. And then it was uh, we DM'd. When I, I, I tweeted him. I was like, hey, I got a question for you. Could you DM me? And he DMs me. And he, I was just like, whoa. And so I asked him about, you know, hey, help me with what I need to be looking for when I decided on where to play college football. Like, what, what's some advice? And he was writing me paragraphs. I was like, this guy's taking time out to write me paragraphs. He's got so much going on. And, you know, he's, he's at home writing me a paragraph when he could be sleeping because it was pretty late at night. And uh, after the scholarship thing, you know, oh, and I ran into him a couple times at the Indy 500. He sponsored an Indy car, of, you know, of course, for charity because it's just how he is. He's a great guy. Uh, so he was on pit road and my family's got some background in the Indy 500. So I had had mm-hmm. a pit pass and I was walking on pit road and he saw me and recognized me. And I was like, wow, you know, he recognized me. We had a whole conversation about what we had DM'd months prior. And now it, just the fact that he could remember that just is really like, it really was, I thought greatly of him. I was like, that is, you know, this guy's got his head on straight. He's a great role model. Um, you know, he's got it figured out. And then after that uh, announcement video, I uh, thanked him and he had followed me back on uh, Twitter. I can't remember if he had followed me before or not, but that's when it was like, you know, that's when I had known, okay, he followed me and then uh, followed me on Instagram after that. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay. The end. This great interview. Um, so. What's your go-to meal? Go-to meal. It depends. I eat depending on my body weight and what time of the year it is. And it sounds like crazy, but I eat depending on literally if it's like, all right, we have to do kickoffs today. I'll eat different than if we don't have kickoff. Like it just depends on what type of activity I'm doing that day. So if it's like like tonight, if I went home, I would want to eat. Let's see, tomorrow's 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 more of a light day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to recover. I had a hard two days, Monday and Tuesday. So I'm not going to eat a lot of bread. I don't like to eat bread in the first place. So I stay away from meals like that. I do like bread. I just, I'm going to say steak. I'm going to make a nice steak. And that's being from the Midwest. We got real good steak there. Down here, yeah. food, they can't compete with our steak down here. I tell people that and they don't believe me, but you know what I'm talking about. So I'm yeah. going to say a nice steak and like mashed potatoes with some asparagus for sure for sure you can't beat the state up steak up here you got the cows that are extra fat you got the indiana moons you got the wheat you know they're eating the kentucky bluegrass makes them taste good for sure for sure for sure um what's your favorite what's your favorite sports movie Favorite sports movie? Growing up, uh, I always liked Radio. It's kind of a different one. A lot of people haven't seen it either. Mm-hmm. But I, that's a movie that uh, my mom had like a little TV thing on the back of her headrest right. when I was little. And that was a movie that was yeah. always on on that thing. Uh, so I like that one. That's a classic to me. And part of it's because I watched it growing up. So I kind of I like that movie. Um I'm going to say that's probably my favorite just because I don't want to say like okay. blind side or something like that. Everyone says that. So probably radio. Right. I mean, for sure. I can respect that because mine's a little bit different too. Mine's Forrest Gump. 
Oh, I love Forrest Gump. Yeah. For sure, for sure. He's the only Alabama guy I can I can kind of gel oh, with. Yeah. Tolerate for sure. Um but you being an indie five hundred guy. Okay. So I was bummed that Jimmy Johnson wasn't in it this year. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. But uh who who do you think is gonna win it next year? Uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be one of the big name guys. Uh, Ed Carpenter always runs real good there. Um, he's always qualifies really good, which if you qualify good for that race, it helps a lot. Uh, especially with the, the race is getting safer and safer every year, which means they're not crashing as much, which means you know there's many yellows. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I'm gonna say if I had to guess, I'd probably say Ed Carpenter. Okay, okay. Okay, so do you think your Hoosiers for basketball will be better with Woodson? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, believe it or not, not, I'm not super knowledgeable about all the basketball stuff. Um, but, and being from Indiana, I know that's probably a crime somewhere. But, uh, yeah, from what I hear about him, he's – He's a competitor. He's a great coach, and the players really like him from his previous schools, which is huge. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about that guy. Uh, I remember Tom Crean when he was there. He would this is my freshman year. We would have meetings, and he would talk to the team and stuff. And he was a real motivated guy. He, he I really liked him. He was a little different. I, I don't I don't know. And this is my personal opinion. I've never heard this or anything. And I don't know. But it seems to me like the like Woodson would get along better with the players than previous coaches before him, which helps a lot. The players like the coach are going to play harder for him. So for that, I would I would say, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to do well. I think he's the team's going to benefit. Okay. Okay. So great interview today. Uh, Hopefully we talk again sometime and stay froggy, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it.